Good morning. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 9. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But said he, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The word of God, word of life. Good morning. Good morning. Am I on? <laughs> okay. Well, by the looks of my social media feed, it appears that many of us are back to traveling this summer, perhaps taking trips that were delayed by several years because of the pandemic. In a couple of weeks, my family and I are getting on an airplane for the first time since 2015. As I was scanning we websites recently, I ran across an article entitled, 10 Signs You're Not Compatible with Your Travel Partner. Some of us with young families don't need signs to know we are incompatible with our travel partners, but I digress. I'm sure you have stories of being on a trip with someone with whom you didn't travel particularly well. Perhaps you had a difference in spending styles. Maybe you had different interests or desire for activity once you reached your destination. Maybe your planning styles and your need for structure were different too. Are you a scheduled down to the minute type of person or a go with the flow type of person? I remember getting to the airport to board a plane to Africa with a good friend of mine. And I was so proud of myself for getting through security 45 minutes before our flight. She was a nervous wreck at the gate where she had already been for two and a half hours. I heard her page me over the airport loudspeaker. I was in the airport gift shop, casually picking out toenail polish. It's a true story. I guess now you know what kind of traveler I am. 
conflict, it seems, is part of traveling and journeying together, especially when one has a totally different conception of the purpose of your trip than one's travel partner. And so I wonder if the disciples, Jesus' travel buddies in our story today, would have called Jesus an incompatible travel partner. That doesn't sound like something one of your pastors should be wondering, but hear me out. Jesus sets out with his companions in Galilee, and he is dead set on his destination. We read that he has his face, he has set his face to go to Jerusalem. He had such a singular focus to his travels. And as inheritor inheritors of the story of his rejection and death and resurrection and ascension into heaven, we readers know why he had to make it there. But what did his travel companions know at the time? At this point in Luke's gospel, he had foretold his death to his disciples, but they didn't understand what he meant. The purpose of their trip was concealed from them still, and they were even afraid to ask Jesus about it. It's like they were leaving on a mission trip and the guy driving the van was the only one who knew where they were going and why. Then Jesus sends a couple of his traveling partners on ahead of him, maybe to secure a hotel or a place to eat. But he obviously had trouble reading maps because he sent them to Samaria where the people would be totally unfamiliar and the welcomes would be few. That villagers from Samaria would refuse to provide hospitality to Jewish pilgrims en route to Jerusalem would have been anticipated by Jesus. And so if one of the basic rules of trip planning is to set one's sight on a safe place, place to be after a long day of traveling, Jesus fell short as a travel companion here as well. But Jesus' would-be followers were undeterred. They were excited for the journey with Jesus wherever it was going to take them. And we hear glib proclamations like, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus. That is, until Jesus set them straight on what the conditions of the trip were going to be like. There would be no five-star hotels or hostels or cots or even pillows on which to lay one's head at night. Jesus tries to explain, there will be no time to say goodbye to your friends and family. And if you think you'd like to ask for a few days off to grieve the loss of someone you love, you might as well just stay back. To be completely honest, I'm not sure I want to travel with the single-minded, pushy, and irritable Jesus of our text today. He appears to be asking me to give up things I think are important for the sake of moving to places I don't know and places that make me feel uncomfortable. 
So I guess as a preacher, I could do my best in this situation to gloss over Jesus' impatience and focus on his more peaceful and loving characteristics. That's an option for me. But that would be a disservice to you because this cranky side of Jesus, if I can call it that, reminds us that when we sign up for a trip with him, when we fill our registration form and put down our deposit, we should know what we're getting into. We should, be ex we should expect to be challenged and confused along the way because he's got a purpose and a mission in mind for all of our going and moving, but we are not always on board. So what is the good news? The good news is that we are all invited into the radical demands of discipleship. We are all invited to trust, to try to trust, to pray, to listen, even to talk back to Jesus, to pray again, to listen again, to move forward in our faith. And maybe the gospel today reminds us that if what we think we are hearing from God makes us a little itchy, if it causes us discomfort, if it seems impractical, if it makes us unpopular, if it urges us to move forward without looking back or clinging to the status quo, well then, we just might be on the right track. Where will the demands of radical love in the name of Jesus take you? in your relationships, in your care of neighbor, in using your voice and your power for those who are vulnerable? And where will the demands of radical love take Mount Olivet Lutheran Church of Plymouth? It is so tempting to move out of this pandemic and use as our planning guide all the ways we have been successful in the past but if we are to take our text seriously this morning, we may want to set our face on the road ahead rather than looking in the rearview mirror because that is where Jesus tells us he will be. At a recent church staff council retreat, we were all asked to write down a prayer for our church. And the thing that impressed me the most about this collection of prayers that was compiled by Pastor Beth was how much forward motion they contained. Hiring a new children's director and reinvesting in, our, in the baptismal promises we make to kids and youth. Listening to the needs of and serving the western suburbs in new ways. Taking real action around racial equity engaging the reconciling in Christ process and becoming a safe space for our LGBTQ siblings, leading environmentally as we steward and share our building and our grounds. We won't travel perfectly or even particularly well with Jesus, but that has never been the point. 
because even as he sends and guides us with love, what is asked of us is truly hard, and it's okay to admit it. So may we be of good courage as we aim to trust and listen and speak into and move forward in faith, and may we be grateful for it all. Amen. <laughs>